Brother Sanford's uh, testimony this morning. My hair wasn't down long, but it was out. <laughs> Those were the fro days. And I remember wondering why I was born, because that was our issue in the 70s. Why are we here? What's the purpose? What's our purpose? Amen. I was heavily influenced by the black nationalist movement of that day. And I had my black and my red and my green. So there's nothing new under the sun. And I had my darshikis, and they were short. But I remember when God brought me under conviction. I don't remember what the preacher preached, but I do remember the heaviness of conviction. And I went down to the altar in my short dress and my big afro and my whoop-de-whoop-de earrings and my eyes full of mascara. And I bowed at that altar of prayer at 14. And I cried and I left my mascara on the altar. And I got up a new creature. I have to say that I was very prejudiced. My grandmother was prejudiced. She was from the South. My mother was prejudiced. My father didn't care one way or the other. But they left a great impression upon me. And I found that I had a problem with white people. But when God saved me, I can truly say that broke. I had to learn how to love and how to grow in love. But that thing, that hate thing, that broke. Amen. That was in 1970. And now I'm just a few miles from 70. <laughs> and I'm still here. I got saved in an apostate church of God, compromised church. That's where we got saved. And I had my ups and my downs, but it was something about it. I wanted to be saved. I had my ins and outs. Yes, I did. I knew I could, be, I could be delivered from sin, but I didn't know how to be delivered from the flesh. And it wasn't until I was about 20 when Pastor Martina Brooks was called to begin a congregation in Cleveland, Ohio. And I tell you what, that's when I learned how to not only have victory over sin, but also have victory over the flesh. The flesh is not your friend. The flesh will cause you to be lost. That's why the Bible says, amen, that they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Not really. 
Why? Because the fleshly mind and the carnal mind is enmity against God. It's not subject to the law of God and neither can it be. And so therefore, amen, justification saves us from a miserable life of sin and sanctification saves us from ourselves. Amen. The Holy Spirit will dethrone the flesh. Amen. Burn it up and cause us to be able to walk after the things of the, the Spirit of God and not fulfill the desires of the flesh because you can be saved and you can get mad. You can be saved and you can have some jealousy. You can be saved, amen, and not know quite how to handle situations. You stopped your cussing, okay, but that didn't stop your temper. But when God sanctifies your soul, amen, he knows how to, to, I think the scripture says, baptize us with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Amen. Whereas now your soul says, Lord, not my will, but thine will be done. It was the will that got Eve into trouble. She had never committed sin. She didn't know nothing about committing sin, but she had a will. So when the enemy, which is his design all the way through until this very hour, to destroy that which God has loved and has created. Amen. When she listened to what the devil said, amen, her will got involved and she partook of the fruit. We know the story. But you know, the devil didn't fool Adam. He fooled the woman. He didn't fool Adam, but Adam willingly, for whatever the reason, he willingly partook. He knew what God had said. Amen. She knew what God had said. But it's when he sinned that their eyes became open. Amen. So man fell twofold. He fell from his sanctified position and he fell from his justified position. And I tell you what, it was no accident to Jesus. It was no accident to the Father. He already knew, amen, what was going to occur. He knew it already. That's why the Bible says, amen, that Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. So the, uh, the devil didn't do nothing. God had already made a way that we might be able to be free from the power and the bondage of sin. Amen. And we can be free from that nature that got us into trouble in the first place. So I thank God for full salvation. Amen. Praise our God. We're going to turn over to Revelation, the third chapter. I thank the Lord for the message this morning because it laid a foundation. Now, I've been preaching for 40 years. I've been pastoring for 26 years, and I still get so nervous. You would think I never stood up here before. So I covered your prayers tonight. And as we turn over to Revelation, the third chapter, um, we know the story well. We know amen about the seven churches. 
And we know that, that they stood for seven dispensations of time. Is that right? And so here we are living in the last dispensation of time. And I have to say that we are living in a dangerous spiritual time. We're living in a dangerous spiritual time. Now, God has always had a people, always throughout the annals of time. God has always had a people. Amen. And he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I heard the precious saints sing tonight. Amen. Something to the effect that they, they're praying that we be ready. Amen. The enemy is doing all that he can to destroy the blessed church of God. But we know that he can't because Jesus said that upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Not them, but it. And I tell you how so many people have been disillusioned when it comes to the blessed church of God. Some people, amen, have lost their vision when it comes to the blessed old church of God. But I see it clearly. I, my vision is clear. Amen. And I know whereof I believe. And so do you tonight. Amen. God still has a church. I think the brother preached, amen, about Christ being the head. Well, we're talking about the body tonight because he has a body a body of people, amen, that love him even in this perilous time in which we live. We read over in Revelation, the third chapter, and starting at verse 14, uh, it says, And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things saith the amen. And when the amen speak, it ain't nothing else to say. But amen. Because he has the final word, he has the final say, amen, and he knows exactly what he is talking about. The faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. In verse 15, he says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest, I am rich. Out of the seven churches that he spoke to, it was the Laodicean church that he had nothing good to say about. Nothing good was said concerning that church. And it's the only church that talked back. It's the only church that talked back. And what did they say? Everybody else listened. Amen. Everybody else heard. And Jesus said, hear what the Spirit says unto the church. Oh, but the Laodicean age had something to say back. And what did they say? They said, because I am rich, I am increased with goods. I have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That was the prevailing spirit. I'm good. 
You can't hardly find a, a, a sinner anymore. Amen. Everybody knows the man upstairs. Amen. Everybody got something to say about Jesus. I'm too blessed to be stressed. It is the spirit of the age. There is a religious spirit across the land that has mimicked the church of the living God. Anytime there is a genuine, there is a false. There is a man, a, a, a counterfeit as it were. We need help. We need help from God. We cannot make it on our own. It doesn't matter how long we've been saved. Amen. The Bible says it's the one that endures unto the end. That's the one that's going to be saved. Amen. And we can start out with a bang. Amen. We can say I'm never going back. But if we don't stay a close, amen, to the Holy Ghost of God. If we don't stay close to our Father, we are not going to make it. Amen. The song says, get it straight. Amen. Get your heart right. Make sure there ain't nothing in it because he is coming back, amen, for a church that is without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. She is clean and she is pure. Amen. Don't be disillusioned about that. Amen. amen. People have left the blessed church of God. Right, right. They left the blessed church of God. Right, yes. Amen. But when you left Christ, you left his church. Yes. And it doesn't matter. When you know, right. when you know, right. and you leave what you know, right. amen, you have left Christ and his bride. Yes. Right. Praise our God. The prevailing spirit that I am, I have need of nothing, amen, and I'm good. And Jesus said, you don't even know that you're wretched and you're miserable and you're poor and you're blind and you're naked. He said, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Amen. I counsel thee to buy of me an experience that is real. Amen. An experience that will last through the test of time. An experience, amen, that can stand against the enemy of our soul. An experience, amen, that gives us grace and power and glory over our tests and over our trials and over our temptations. We need a real experience with God, amen, that goes deeper than the, uh, uh, the, the things that he gives us on the natural. The Bible tells us, amen, to seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of his righteousness. And all these other things will be added. But if he never give me all these other things, my soul can be anchored in the Lord. How many people, amen, have been with us and are gone? How many people, amen, that said, if he don't give me a husband, I'm going to get one for myself? How many people have left God, amen, because they were looking for a woman of some kind? How many? Many have left God. Many that shouted with us. Many, amen, that had testimonies just like we had. But people have reservations. You have to make sure you don't have any reservations 
in your soul. It's not, God, if you give me this and if you give me that, I'll serve you. No, God, if you would have me, God, if you would save me, I will serve you. Praise our God. That's the way it's got to be. Amen. Buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich. And white raiment that thou mayest be clothed, and that your shame of your nakedness does not appear. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you might be able to see. Amen. For as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, uh, and chasten, and be zealous therefore, and repent. That's what he said. He didn't say amen that uh, they were fornicators and adulterers. They didn't say, he didn't say that they were liars and cheaters, amen, dope addicts and drunkards. He didn't say they were none of that. That's not what they had to repent from. They had to repent, amen, for not leaning fully and completely on Christ. Amen. They had to repent, amen, for not uh, uh, fully and completely uh, causing uh, their life, amen, to be what God would have it to be. Amen. They were falling short, short, short. Not hot, not hot, not on fire for God, no, no, not cold, not fully, amen, cooled off, but the lukewarm, the in-between, amen, got a foot halfway in the world and another foot halfway with Jesus is either, either or. We either going to be saved or we not going to be saved. But it's not going to be half here and half there. It's all the way. We have to settle it in our mind that we are going all the way. Too many people are trying to mix the world with the church. Amen. And we look around. Amen. And the church is getting worldly and the world is getting churchy. But God's got a church of people that love him that's been saved out of the world, that don't want the world. When God saved me, I was done with the world. I don't want nothing it's got to offer because it don't have nothing to offer. Praise our God. The world don't tell us how. Amen to worship our God. The religious world don't tell us how to praise our God. Amen. We praise him from within. We praise him. Amen. When we're at home by ourselves. Amen. We just think about his love and we start shouting. Oh, glory to God. Oh, yes. When you're in the deepest of your tests, I dare you to praise him. Amen. Sometimes we let the devil tell us too much. Oh, the devil tells you he don't love you. Oh, he don't care nothing about you. Look how he's blessing over there. You ain't got your blessing yet. You just start praising him. 
Praise him when it seems like it's dark as midnight. Praise him when you cannot see your way through. Ask shall be given. Seek and you'll find it. Just don't stop praying or praising till the answer comes. Praise our God. Remember the three Hebrew boys? He told the, they told the king, we're not careful to answer you. Hey man, I often think about them and how they could have bowed and said, Lord, you know, we praying to you, Jesus. But they stood tall while everything else gave way. We live in a world where everything is given way. We live in a world, amen, when everybody's bowing and kowtowing and nobody is hardly standing for anything that is right. But let me tell you something, God's got a people. He's got a church, amen, that by his might and by his power, we will stand on the side of right. Everybody's scared to speak. Everybody's scared to talk. Amen. Everybody's scared to have an opinion. Amen. But if we stand on the blessed word of God, we don't have to be afraid because he will be with us. Amen. Your job is squeezing you. School is squeezing you. Your neighbors are squeezing you. The media is squeezing you. Where do you stand on this and where do you stand on that? We better stand with Jesus. They told the king, we're not, we're not, we can't answer you. All we know, God is able. You see, that's what we got to tell the devil. God is able. God's able to heal. God's able to deliver. God's able, amen, to do whatever it is I stand in the need of. Because he said, I am that I am. God is able to give whatever it is that we need. But that's the thing. The but part, if he doesn't. It's settled in my soul that if he doesn't, glory to God. You got to tell the devil if he doesn't. I'm not serving you. Oh, you're not serving me. So what happened? Turn up the heat. Sometimes it gets worse before it gets better. Turn up the heat and they still said, we're not bowing. And then they took him, amen, to the furnace. And they said, we're not bowing, glory to God. And the furnace was so hot, it burned up the men that was trying to take him into the furnace. And they saw that. But they said, we're not bowing, glory to God. 
And then they opened up the furnace. Woo, glory. Opened it wide up. Threw them in. And they still said, we're not bowing glory to God. Oh, praise our God. Oh, we know the story. The Bible says that the king looked in there. And he said, wait a minute. Didn't we throw three in there? Oh, but I see another man. And he looks like the son of God. He's with us in our temptations. He's with us in our tests. He's with us when we're crying. He's with us when it's hard. But you know what he told us to do? He said, endure hardness. Endure it. As a good soldier. Praise our God. He was in it with them, wasn't he? And the scripture says, amen. Then the man said, get them folk out of there. Uh-uh, this is some God here. He got to go through some things so that the world can see. This is some God here. Because you can't do it in and of yourself. You don't have it in and of yourself. It takes the grace of God. It takes the might of God. It takes the power of God, amen, to be able to stand in this last and evil day. Matthew 13, the Bible tells us, amen, that talks about the wheat and the tares. And we said, amen, that where there is a genuine, there is a counterfeit. Matthew 13 and 24, starting at verse 24, and a parable, uh, and another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in the field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed his uh, tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. Because you see, tares, or the weed, and the wheat, it looks pretty similar. In his infant stage, you can't tell the two apart. But as time grows and goes by, amen, there begins to be a difference between the wheat and the tear. And so the scripture says that the servants of the householder came and they said unto him, Sir, did not thou sow good seed in your field? From whence then hath the tares? And he said unto them, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Without then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, ye would up also the wheat with them. 
let both grow together. I know what I'm doing until the harvest. And in the time of harvest, I will say unto the reapers, gather ye together first the tares, bind them in bundles to burn them, but gather the wheat into my barn. And then we go over to verse 37, when the disciples asked him, can you sort of tell us what you was talking about, Jesus? And so in verse 37, he says, he that soweth the good seed is the son of man. And he says that the field is the world. And the good seed, he didn't even say it was the word. He said it's the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. And so we thought about that, how he said that he sown good seed and they were the children of God. You see, I can tell you tonight that there's not a sinner in the church of the living God. And, and there's not a hypocrite, not a one. And you might say, wait, preacher, I know some hypocrites. You might know some folks sitting around tear, but they are not a part of the blessed church of the living God. Why? Because you have to be born into her. You cannot join the church of God. You have to be born into her. And he is the one, amen, that causes the birth to take place. And he don't birth hypocrites nor sinners. He took the hypocrite. He took the sinner man. He took the, dro the dope addict. He took the drug addict. He took the whatever your life was, and whatever my life was, amen, that it's a shame almost to speak about it. There are things, amen, that you don't want nobody to know. There are things that I don't want anybody to know. And that's who he took, amen, and made them brand new. That's why we have nothing whereof to boast. Because you didn't save your, your nasty self. You see, we don't want to say we nasty. We want to say we're rich and, and increase with goods and have no need of nothing. That's what we want to say. But we have to remember, amen, from whence we came. You might have looked good on the outside and you had everybody fooled. But God knew how nasty your inside was. He knew what you thought about. He knew what you contemplated. He knew, amen, you better than you knew yourself. Somebody said to Jesus, the rich young ruler, he came running. And he said to Jesus, he says, a good master. And Jesus said, why callest thou me good? It's only one good, but God. That's the only one good. Amen. Our righteousness is as filthy rags. And the filthy rag is not. You done took a little rag and cleaned some dust. A filthy rag was a menstrual rag. That's what your righteousness 
and my righteousness amounted to. So you see, we have nothing whereof to boast. Amen. Somebody mentioned this morning that while I, before my navel was cut, Amen. And I was polluted in my own blood. Amen. Jesus saw us and he said, Live. When the devil thought he was taking me down for the last time. When, amen, because I wasn't being taught and I didn't understand a lot of things, he had me on the ropes. And I was in a place where I could not get a prayer through. And I was in a place, a bad place. So much so, until when I say I was suicidal, I'm not trying to be cute. Because there's nothing cute about suicide. And, and you feel the pull. You feel the press. The devil will press you. Take your life. Take your life. You have nothing to live for. Nothing to live for. And he'll press your mind. And I remember, though I knew I couldn't pray, as is after I left the church. This is before I came to true truth. True truth, brother. I was in a bad way. And, but I cried. I said, Lord, if I do this, my troubles will just begin. I had enough sense to know that. Amen. If I do this, my troubles will just begin. Amen. But you see, the enemy is out. Amen. To destroy the souls of men. Amen. He's out to destroy. He's out, amen, to destroy the, the um, influence of the blessed church of God. Is that right? Oh, yes. He put people around. Amen. So that the sinner can point their finger and say, mm-hmm, see that? Mm-hmm, see that over there? Yeah, yeah. God see it. And I tell you, who else see it? A Holy Ghost filled ministry. A Holy Ghost filled ministry sees what they need to see. Amen. That people are sitting around and they are tares and they're not wheat. The scripture says, amen. Where was I? And over in verse, uh, the enemy sold them. The enemy that sold them is the devil. The tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sold them is the devil. And the harvest is the end of the world. And the reapers are the angels and therefore the tares are gathered as therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire so shall it be in the end of this world and the son of man shall send forth his angels and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into the furnace of fire there shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father who had ears to hear, let him hear. You know, sometimes that scripture is read and we think an end of the world, you know, like the end of the world ain't came yet. The end of the world came 
when Jesus came. Do you know that? Thank you. I'm glad somebody knew it. Amen, brother. I'm going to prove it to you. <laughs> Hebrews 9. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 9, verse 26. The scripture says there, let's start, let's start uh, at 25. Well, let, let's see. Let's start at 24. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figure of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into uh, the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the what? You talking about way off there somewhere? This is, this is future. No, it's not talking about that. He offered once um, since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear when? The second time. At the end of the end. Amen. Without sin, unto salvation so what is that letting us know amen that the beginning of the end began when christ offered up himself but now we are where at the end of the end amen and the harvest is now it's not going to be uh, uh, flapping wings angels that's going to come down and separate the wheat from the tares the harvest is now you're in the harvest. I'm in the harvest. And the Bible tells us, amen, that his angels are going to gather out of the kingdom everything that do offend. Who are the angels? It's the ministry of the blessed church of the living God. That's why, amen, the ministry must have the very spirit of discernment. The ministry must have the very power of God in their soul. Holy Ghost power to be able, amen, to place judgment where judgment is needed. Amen, because judgment must first begin at the house of God. We cannot be afraid of judgment. Amen, it's the word of God that separates the wheat from the chaff. You may not quite know what's sitting in your midst. Amen. But when you start preaching the word of God with power. Amen. You start opening up uh, uh, the word that talks about holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. 
you begin, amen, to show forth, amen, the word of God and what God says about sin and about the world, amen, about the devil and about the flesh, you begin, amen, to preach it with power and put judgment on that which is wrong, glory to God. It's going to separate because the world's not going to stand for it. And the hypocrite can't sit around. Amen. And sinner man is going to find him another church building to sit in. Nobody's going to be able to stand it but the blessed saints of the living God. So we're in the harvest now. Amen. And the separation is now. And many times God lets us go through things so that we might be able to see where we stand. Things happen, and he stands back and says, now what you going to do with that? They talked about you, now, now how are you going to act with it? They maligned your name, now what are you going to do about that? What's your spirit going to be? Let me see. Psalm 48. We know Psalm 48. Amen. Folk wanted to destroy the influence the devil using folk on the internet, on social media. Amen. To point a finger at the church of the living God. Huh? But God's got a people. Young man that we have, we have a few new converts with us ourselves. One of them is uh, Brother Glenn, and his mother has been saved for a mighty long time. And I was talking to Glenn the other day after service, and he was saying how many times the Church of God children, the unsaved Church of God children, how, you know, they find themselves, they find each other. And then they feed off of each other. And so somebody was trying to feed Glenn, amen, before he got saved. But he said, I'm not going there. He said, now you can say a whole lot about them. Talking about the saints. But one thing you can't do is fault them with sin. Our children know. Don't let the devil make you feel bad. Because you raised your children in the blessed church of God. I don't feel bad about it at all. I'm not sorry. I ain't apologizing for nothing. Because you know what? When it was time to get saved, David, he knew where to go. David, amen, who used to send folk to church, you hear me? Send people to church, and they look around, wonder where David's at. Because he knew what? He knew what was right. The Bible says put it in them. When they're old, they won't depart from it. They might deny it. Some might die, amen, never experiencing it, but they knew it. They knew it. 
And all one day, me and my husband still trying to wrap our, both our heads around it. He come over to the house. Mom, dad, I just want you to know, God dealt with me in the night. Amen. And he saved me. And we sat and we looked like, what? <laughs> Come to church, testify, and we look at it with a side eye. And he was so happy about it. And he's still happy about it. And it's a blessing in the congregation. And his life has changed. And the stuff that he did, I didn't even know he was an alcoholic. But God knew it. And he got, when he got saved, amen, he said he went to the refrigerator and he poured it all down the toilet. Didn't nobody tell him to do that. If you really want to be saved and God is dealing with your soul, let me tell you that all the devils in hell, all of the, all of the uh, things that you are, habits that you are bound by, amen, he's able to break every chain, glory to God. Every chain. Every chain. Yes. Glory be to God. Amen. Psalm 48. Great is the Lord. Greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. And the Bible says that she's beautiful for situation. And the Bible says that the church of God is the joy of the whole earth. It's Mount Zion on the sides of the north the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces. Verse 11 says, let Mount Zion rejoice. You see, there might be counterfeit. I think I can say truly that uh, the religious world, amen, is one of the greatest deceptions that the devil ever put upon the souls of men. But they cannot mimic a changed life. They can mimic a long dress. They can beat you dressing. But they cannot beat you praising. They can't beat the church of God living. They can't mimic the changed life. They can't mimic the love of God. Let Mount Zion rejoice. Let the daughters of Judah be glad. Because what? 
of thy judgments. So walk about Zion. We're not scared. Go round about her. Tell the towers thereof. Mark you well her bulwarks. Consider her palaces. Amen. Consider her palaces that ye may tell it to the generation following. You see, some of us are getting old. And we have lived more days than we got left. And we are leaving this glorious gospel to a younger generation. So we encourage the, the next generation. Give God everything. Don't try, amen, to hold hands with the world and hold hands with Christ. Let the world go. The Bible says don't love the world, neither the things that's in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know why? Because you're going to do what you love. Somebody said once to me, what's world to one is not world to another. We better know what's worldly to Jesus. We better get his mind on what the world is. The world is contrary to everything holy, to everything righteous, to everything godly. The world is contrary to that. The world is selfish. The world wants to do his own thing. The world wants to live like he wants to live. Amen. We're not trying to see how close to the world we can live. Amen. The only one that's trying to see how close to the world they can live is the tear. I want there to be a difference. I want you to see the difference. Don't mix me up. Verse 50, chapter, uh, Psalm 50 says, uh, the mighty God, uh, verse, um, uh, the mighty God, even the Lord, have spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun until the going down thereof, out of Zion. Out of where? Zion. Zion. The perfection of beauty, God hath shined. God has. We are who we are because of what Christ has done for us. But we've got something to do too. Amen. It's not just all Him. You got something to do too. Amen. You've got to prove to the world that there's a difference between religion and a relationship with God. Sometimes that'll cause you to stand out. It'll cause you to stand out. Amen. It might cause you a little pain, young people, but it's all right. Amen. Many of us who've been saved 40, 50 years almost, we can tell you it's worth it. I'm living my best life. The devil ain't got nothing on God. 
This is the, this is the best life. Out of all of his heartaches and troubles and pains. Amen. His yoke is easy. And his burden is light. I have found it so. Amen. We are leaving this ministry to a younger generation. Amen. One who is being taught how to love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. Amen. So many people are wasting so much time on junk that don't matter. They know very little about what true prayer is. Five-minute popcorn prayer, that's all they know. But we'll be on Facebook, Instagram, FaceTime, whatever all else is out there for hours and hours and hours trying to see every picture trying to like everything but when you get together as young people and somebody say let's pray have something in your soul to give somebody be able to say I read my Bible this morning and this is what the Holy Ghost said to me Be able to encourage somebody else. See God's face for your life. It may not be making all the money in the world. He's calling young people, young men and young women to the ministry. And it's not a glorious place, let me tell you that. People think this is some glory standing up in here. No. It's not glorious. It's painful. It's difficult. But God, when God calls you, all glory, all honor, it goes to him. Oh, yes. The reapers, the reapers are the ministry. First Timothy, just let me take you there real quick. First Timothy 3.15. We know that scripture well. The Bible says, amen. It says, but if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou ought to behave thyself. That's what Paul told Timothy. You see, because your pastor may not always be around. You may not always be able to call them. You know, they sleep, you know. They use the bathroom. You might not be able always to get in touch. Phone might be dead busy, but you can always know that God hears somebody say, he hears my prayer. 
He's able, amen, to give you on the spot. You in, you, you in a tough spot. What, what, what am I going to do? Pray. Get the mind of God. Know that what you're doing is well-pleasing in his sight. Not in the people's sight. In the sight of God. God know what you think. He knows, amen, what you say before it even got out your mouth. He knows, amen, what your heart is contemplating. The Bible says over in Hebrews that the, that the word of God is like a two-edged sword. I think it says it's, it's uh, piercing asunder. Soul and spirit. Bone and marrow. And he is a discerner of the thought and the intent. He know why you said what you said. He knows what you was after when you said it like that. He's a designer. People like to make a lot of noise. Ain't nothing wrong with noise. Don't misunderstand me. But people like to make a lot of noise. I think and that noise is spirit, spirituality. Sometimes we need to. Do more listening. Than talking. Let me hear. He's a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. And he doesn't make a mistake. If he said, that's you, that's you. You can say, that ain't me. Who, Jesus? Is you all right? The Bible says, amen, that, that you might know how to behave yourself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, which is the pillar and ground of the truth. That's what the church of God is. I think the brother said amen this morning. He said something to the effect about there's three things that identify the church of God, love, truth, and holiness. And I can add judgment. Because that's the one thing the religious world don't have. They don't have judgment. Why? Because the preacher's many times sinning his own self. He ain't going to preach against his own self. I think I want Ezekiel... Three, Ezekiel three. Oh my goodness, it's been an hour already. I know how you feel, Brother Sanford. Ezekiel, the third chapter, verse 17. Did I say Ezekiel three? We're talking about the reapers, the reapers being the ministry. My prayer for myself is, Lord, help me to be faithful. Faithful to the souls of men now.
who says, I want to save myself and them that hear me. Someone said, amen, that uh, it's not always grinning in your face. Sometimes the ministry has to come with some hard things. But the saints of God will take it. I'll prove that to you. Ezekiel 3, did I say? Verse 17. The scripture says, amen, that the son of man, uh, son of man I have made thee a watchman unto the house of Israel. Therefore, hear the word out of a black book. No. Hear the word off of something you heard off the internet. Hear the word at my mouth. We've got to seek the word from his mouth. Someone said, not my opinion, not my ideology, not what I think, but the word from God's mouth. The word from God's mouth will challenge the souls of men. We need to be challenged. So much so, amen, until we find, Lord, that there's a measuring up that I can do. That I see, Lord God, that you want to take me just a little bit deeper. Challenged by the word, are you challenged tonight? People aren't challenged because they don't fear God. I'm telling you. The fear of God is lessening more and more. Saints, keep the fear of God. The fear of God will keep you doing right. Walking right. Talking right. Living right. Oh, yes, it will. When the Bible says, uh, uh, someone said this morning, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go unto the house of the Lord at 930 on Sunday morning. The people without that fear of God, amen, they strive, they stroll in whenever they get ready. Amen, the world got us so lazy, we don't even want to get up and come to church. We won't Zoom. We want to turn over, amen, catch Facebook later on. Don't you know, amen, if you can be in service, you ought to be there. Maybe, maybe God want to use you to open up the service. Maybe there's a blessing in the first song that's sung. Maybe there's a blessing, amen, with a testimony that one of the saints are given. He said, don't uh, forsake the assembling of yourselves together as some do. A tear don't care. He says, give them warning from me. And you can go on else and see what else it says. It's good reading. Jeremiah 23, 29. 
Help us, Lord. Jeremiah 23, 29. Is that what I said? Scripture says, says, is not my word like a fire? Remember we read over here in Matthew 13 uh, that he's going to burn up the chaff. He's going to burn up the tares, going to bind them and burn them. Well, what is that? He's talking about his word. He said his word binds and his word loose. Amen. Uh, the word of God with the spirit of God will bind a loose spirit. You ever had church and here comes somebody from uh, the Pentecostal church? Excuse me. And here they come and they want to get the going, huh? With the saints clapping, huh? And they want to get started with something going on. And the Holy Ghost will bind that spirit. You got to look around and be aware of your surroundings. All right, stop the song. Stop the song. You know, it cuts. Or whatever y'all do. Huh? Let's get the word out. Why are they sitting there? We're talking about strangeness. That's right. Amen. Scripture says, what did I say? Jeremiah 23, 29. He says, is not my word like a fire, saith the Lord, and like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. That's the word of God, Jeremiah 5. Jeremiah 5, verse 14. The scripture says, amen, that wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, because you speak this word, Behold, I will make my words in your mouth fire. And this people would tear chaff, and it shall devour them. The word of God devours. Amen. You're either going to measure up or you're going to measure out. Uh, you call, you're going to come to this word, amen, and let it save you and sanctify you and teach you how to live, or you're going to go away. Do you know, amen, the scripture says uh, um, in, in um, Malachi 4, in Malachi, the fourth chapter, in verse 1, for behold, that day cometh, what day? The gospel day. The, the day cometh that shall burn as an oven. And all the proud, yea, and all they that do wickedly shall be stubble. 
and the day that cometh shall burn them up, saith the Lord of hosts, that it shall leave them neither root nor branch. But look at what Malachi the third chapter says. Malachi the third chapter says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant whom ye delight in. Behold, he shall come, saith the host, the Lord of hosts. But who shall abide the day of his coming? And who shall stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire and a fuller soap. And he shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he shall purify, not burn them up like stubble, but he's going to purify the sons of Levi. That's who we are. And purge them, not burn them up like, like tares, but purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. Glory be to God. That's what the fire does to the saint. Psalm 119, 165. And Gary, if you get that for me and just stand and read it for me. You have it? Okay. 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law. Great peace have they. Amen. The wheat that's going to be gathered into his barn. Amen. Uh, kept under the shadow of his wing. Praise our God. The wheat will do what? Great peace have they which love thy law. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing. Listen, the saints love judgment. This saint love judgment. And I got plenty of it. But it made me who I am. Amen. We have to come to a place where we see no man after the flesh. It's not my wife. It's not my husband. It's not my children. It's not my neighbor. It's not my friend. The word has to be delivered under the unction of the Holy Ghost. And if it falls on my spouse, let it fall. It will save their soul from death. We have plenty of judgment laid on us. Oh, yes, we did. But it made us who we are. Didn't it, Brother Nunley? It taught us to appreciate the next scripture, was, which is Ezekiel 43 and verse 12. It taught us, amen, to appreciate. 43 and 12. It says, amen. Uh, 
This is the law of the house. Upon the top of the mountain, the whole limit thereof all round about shall be most holy. Behold, this is the law of the house. Holiness is the law of the house. Amen. Praise our God. And there are things, amen, because of holiness that God will tell you, put that down. Put that away. Don't bother with that no more. Amen. It's sapping your strength. It's not adding anything to you. Amen. The holiness is the law of the house round about. As for me and my house, where you dwell and where your children dwell, you got to let your children know that the law of the house is holy. When you get grown, you do what you want to do. But as long as you under my roof, this is going to be the way that it is. Not because my preacher said it. Not because the pastor said it. The Holy Ghost said it. Amen. The children are sapping to some of the same strength. Sapping their strength, telling you what they're going to do. We need some authority. We need some Holy Ghost authority. No, you're not wearing that. No, you're not going there. We need some authority. What you say, brother? Not to lose it, brother. And if you lost it, ask God. Give it back. Because I'm scared of my children. People are scared of their grown kids. You brought them into this world. Help me, Lord. They come around looking any old kind of nasty way. No respect for nobody. Sometimes they come to church to show off. When they come to church to show off, I look the other way. I'm not interested in that man you got on your on your arm. Right. That's right. Hello, man. Hello, Saint Child. And I'm moving on. Don't be looking, wishing. No, we're not looking and wishing. You got what they need. You got what they need. Yes, you do. Praise our God. They come switching and sashaying. Yes, they do. Crossing big legs. Need to put some clothes on. Don't be scared to tell them. When you put, come over here, put some clothes on. Uh, you know better. You was raised better than that. 
Respect me and my salvation. Don't come up in my driveway with all that noise. Cut it off or don't come. talking about being a church. Don't worry about it. God got him. You do like, like, like Samuel did. Samuel went and prayed and cried over Saul. But when he stood in Saul's face, he told Saul just like it was. But in private, he cried. We love our children. But just because you love them don't mean you got to put up with their mess. Hebrews 1 and 7, three more scriptures. He, uh, Hebrews 1, 7. What does the scripture say? Gary, again for me, read. Yes. And of the angel of the, and, and of the angels, he said. Of the angels, he said. Who makes his angels spirits. He makes his angels spirits. And his ministers a flame of fire. Did you hear that? His ministers, not many flames, a flame. One flame. Not your church, my church, and your church and my church. When it comes to the doctrine, one flame. You come to Cleveland, one flame. You go to Sharon, one flame. Not trying to get away from nobody because it's the same flame, same flame. His ministry is a flame, a fire. Acts 20, verse 29. I think the scripture that we read said that while men slept, sleeping is not a good thing. When you go to sleep, stuff creep in. We can't afford to go to sleep. You know how you had your first child? Boy, that child got all the whippings. That first child, amen, got all the corrections. It learned how to walk, amen, at 10 months old. Amen. You taught it how to read by the time it was two. You gave everything to that first child. By the time the fifth child came, he was 17 months, and he was rolling to get where he wanted to go. Yes, he was. By the time the fifth one came, you tired. 
You see it and don't see it. You in church and he cutting up and you looking at the preacher. <laughs> 